And everyone of you who's here with us today, if this is your first day, we welcome you. We welcome everybody who's a first time in our branches. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Well, we are dealing with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But profane and old wise fables avoid, but exercise yourself towards godliness. Somebody say, exercise yourself. Say it again, exercise yourself. The NIV says, train yourself to godliness. The New Living Translation says, train yourself to godliness. And then the Message Bible says, exercise daily in God. Daily, daily things. So we, we've been studying this, that we can train ourselves in spiritual things. We can be stronger. We can be bolder. We can know more. We can be more experienced. We can be wiser. We can be able to read things. And we can exercise ourselves in godliness. In the same way that people can start an exercise program. Whereby when they start and you look at them, they are really not impressive. But then you give them six months or a year. When you look at them, you can see a difference. And that is all dependent on how regularly they exercise, if they stick to the program given, if they have a trainer, if they eat the correct food, and if they rest enough. If they do that, invariably, they will change. I remember years ago, you've heard me tell the story, when you know, I had lots of physical problems. Uh, then, you know, I used to get very fatigued and tired, and I'd just have, break, you know, have breakdowns and whatever. Finally, a physician told me that my body weight was too low. I mean, you can look at my height. I'm 1.78 meters tall, just about, somewhere there. Uh, and, 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 and I was weighing 61 kilograms at the time. And my, my official weight hunter, anywhere from 76 kgs to 80, 85 kgs would be a good weight for my height. But I was weighing 61 kgs. So, I would have regular breakdowns because many of you don't know how much ministry taxes you physically. Many of you don't know how much preaching taxes you physically. It's very tiring. Particularly when you are preaching and you are under the anointing. The anointing is it's a heaviness and a weight. And in the words of some ministers, they say when the supernatural of God gets upon the natural, then one of them has to give. So when you, when you minister in the anointing, is the superpower of God coming upon the natural body. You know, so when the super comes on the natural, you do supernatural things. So when you are anointed, the stuff you do that are beyond what you could do under normal circumstances, right? So you push more, and, and, and because you're carrying, Paul says we have this treasure in vessels of clay. So if you compare the clay, and the treasure of the anointing. You know, it's, it's, it's weight. So if you're not strong physically, it's hard to carry the anointing. And if you don't rest enough, and you don't eat well, you can break down. So most people don't know that, don't know that. So you have to, so my, the, my doctor told me, said, listen, if, if you are going to continue ministering and you are going to be there for many more years to come, you better increase your weight. So I was put on a program. I went to the gym. I got myself a coach, and then I started exercising. And, and then I built my weight up. And thank God right now I'm in 70-something 
or so on. That's 76, I know. It's, I'm not as chiseled as I used to be. <laughs> but then I was chiseled. I was a six-pack, everything. I said, anyhow, but maybe. <laughs> but the point I'm making was, it was amazing when you looked at me two years later, the way I looked. I mean, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, really? Is that you, Muruti? Is that you? I stopped training like that because it started drawing too much attention. I didn't like it. I'm being honest. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Now, in Nakahulu, when the ladies start commenting, I didn't like it at all. And I thought, listen, I'm here. So I, I stopped. I just said, no, I'll just maintain her. And I said, Balki, Jesus, but bicep. So I stopped. I'm being honest with you. I stopped on purpose. I just stopped. I said, no, Aksaya Kwali. Just drawing too much attention. Because in summertime, it's even worse. You're wearing short things here. You know, and I would see when I would preach, and I'm, I'm traveling all over, and I'd see people are looking at my, my pectoral muscles, and, hey, there hi, and he up. I mean, I, I'm not going there. Anyhow, but the point I'm making is that in two years' time, I was different. I, I remember one day, I, I bumped into a, a, a lady I used to go to school with. She knew me back then. And I will never forget her response. She went, Musa, Musa! <laughs> and and I, I knew where that came from. That's when I stopped caring no more. <laughs> but you see, spiritually, you can be like that. You can be like that, where literally you don't look like the same person. When I started training, I couldn't lift certain weights. When I was at the peak of my training, I used to squat. Those of you, but you know the squats, eh? I used to, I used to squat, let me see, 20, 20, 20. I used to squat 120 kilograms. On the days when I'm bad, I would, I would do more than that. I used to squat... If, I used to squat 160 kgs. You know, sometimes when I was 80 kilograms, I would squat double my weight. I mean, I was really good. I mean, I'd do the squat and, and I'd do the squat. No help. When I do this, you can see even the position is the correct one. I'd do the squat and I'd do the squat. I used to squat double my weight. You know, when you do the pull-ups for your, for your leg muscles, I used to do like... 20 pull-ups, no problem. I just go like this and like this. I mean, I was, my, my back was like, hey, Jesus, ay, 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 ay. But I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that when I started, I could hardly bench press 10 kilograms. I couldn't. I couldn't bench press 10 kilograms. Five to this side, five. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But I got to some really serious weights. You know, we were those people who were highly trained. Everybody's looking at you in the gym, you know. Yeah. But that's all because you start somewhere. I see people looking at you spiritually. Why? Because you are exercising yourself. You see, you don't get there by luck. You, you don't get there by hoping. You put a program together. Right? And I, had to, I was exercising five days a week, Monday through Friday, and I knew how to differentiate the program. You know, do the upper body, lower body, and I knew the different styles. You, sometimes you do stripping, sometimes you do bulking, sometimes you do trimming, 
and you know, sometimes you have to do lower reps to gain weight. I knew in winter time, that's when I bulk. And I would, I would eat more and I would do heavy weights, but not too many reps so that I don't cut. I just bulk. And then, September. beach. And I start streaming, you know, and just says, you know. But, but, you don't get there by luck. You get there by intention. Do you understand? You don't get there haphazard. Ah, spirituality is not being haphazard. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you have a disciplined program. This is where the discipline of every day, reading the Bible, praying, praying for certain hours, going into times of fasting, going into times of Bible study, coming to a seminar like this. All of these things is part of your training program. It's different things that build you up. It's not just the one thing. It's not just the one thing. So you have people who don't pray, they don't read the Bible, they don't know what to do, then they want to just come. You lay hands on them and everything changes. It's not going to happen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not going to happen. Say it like I said it. It's not, it's not going to happen. It comes by training. All right. So we learned, we've learned so far how to follow the Holy Spirit. And yesterday, we were talking about six signals. All right. That will help you know that you are being led by the Holy Spirit. Like the traffic lights on a long road, as you drive towards the traffic light, it goes green, you can pass. And we're saying, if these signals are lining up, because God will, will confirm what he's telling you through two or three witnesses. All right? God's not going to just confirm God said, like, A1. It's going to be through two or three witnesses. So you wonder about two or three witnesses. Because the Bible tells us in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Can I hear a good amen? Second Corinthians 13, 1 says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm running somewhere. Sorry, I hope I'm not speaking fast. Yeah? Number one, we said it's the voice of the Bible. Is that correct? Yes. Number two? Number three? All right. Let's go to number four. I'm running somewhere tonight. Number four... This one you're going to find very strange, Bazalan. Listening to the voice of your spiritual leader. In your case, your pastor. Tonight, Bazalan, I'm cautiously optimistic. One of the major major, major damage is dealt to the body of Christ is when spiritual leaders are painted as crooks, unreliable. And I think the media loves to take one bad apple and put all of us in the same category. I get amazed when I've been on radio a couple of times at the anger of people towards spiritual leaders. And I understand. But some people don't even seem to understand that we're not all like that. I remember on the one show, I was on radio, where the host of the program actually protected me. She defected all the... She was answering on my behalf. Because she could see these people are unfair. 
The person I'm having on, I can't answer for the sins of other people. No, 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 no. That was a slip of the tongue. Ah, uh, uh, you people, come on. No, 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 Bazalan. <laughs> That's a genuine mistake. It just shows that you don't have sanctified minds, all of you. It doesn't have anything to do with me. And what I loved about this host is that this host was very quick to block those. And I could tell that even the person who was, who was uh, receiving the questions, I get it someone who manages that. They made sure that they don't let through calls that were hostile. But I soon realized the hostility that's out there. That people get to a point where they no longer understand the role of their leaders. It's almost like the role of parents. Same. Go to Hebrews chapter 13 with me, verse 17. It says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourself, for they watch for your soul. They watch for your soul. They watch for your soul. Every one of you who's a member in this church, the day we stand before God, God's going to ask me about you. They watch for your souls as they must give an account. Because with every one of you, God is going to ask me. So I owe it to you to lead well, to be truthful to you. I owe it to you to teach God's word, to correct you when you are wrong, and to challenge you in the way of righteousness. Yeah. They will give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. In other words, he says, he says, if you're a stubborn guy, I'm trying to decode it. You see, there's, there's, there's people who are a nightmare to pastors. Like one pastor said, there are some church members you wish Ukabafa as a tithe to the other church. You a tithe How many of you are sitting next to somebody? So, let me share some things with you, Bazalana, that I have learned over the journey as a leader, as a Christian. Mamelan, carefully. I know instances of people in our church that had they listened to the sermon, their life would have never been a mess. sermon. I'm not talking about word of knowledge. Just preaching fellow who know. Pray every day. Just pray every day. Read the Bible. Hey, they listen to the, I know people who've come for counseling. I've counseled many people over the years. And you can see when you counsel them that they want another answer. They came for counseling, but they already know the answer. I know when people have come and they wanted to marry somebody and I asked questions and I advised against it. 
I know when those people insisted, or they left here and got married elsewhere, or As a young pastor, it was very hard. Because then elderly people come and use their authority on you as a young pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done a few weddings like that. On the wedding day, I had to do it then. I don't do it anymore. I, I wouldn't do it now. But then I was a young pastor. You are get intimidated. So you are you're officiating Marwabono Romo? The one wedding I did, the one wedding I did, the one wedding I did, this guy arrived an hour and a half late. Yeah. I remember through all the counseling, I kept asking and asking. And when I found out about this guy, I said, Muta Muta Apuluso. But I don't want to tell them why. I get about a meotority pack of a hale. So maybe I'm not going to I try to have and they were on my case, on my case, and people start spreading stories. I go crazy, you know, and you come under pressure as a leader. So finally, I must be honest, but finally, I considered. Kadumela hovanya di sa kitaring, kitaring. Pangkanya di sa pressure, my young pastor kitaring. Bom futetsi mwa kitaring. On the wedding day, on the wedding day, we waited for this guy. The lady was there, lovely young lady. Good character. Good. And I never know why these good girls get bad guys. I've never understood some of you girls. I don't know why you like the rough guy and the bad guy. You must come for advice. There's good natured girls, nice girls. But and I couldn't understand what this girl and this guy. It's like oil and water. Have a mix, And I begged, I begged oh, on the wedding day. She arrived on time. Where, you know, I won't tell you where we were at the church. It was not here. Definitely, it was not here. So you won't know. We've moved several places, so you won't know where we were. So you won't know who it is. She arrived. Beautiful. She was so beautiful. My goodness. And then they ruffle <laughs> An hour and a half later, I'm telling you, Bazala. He is in the spirit, a different kind of spirit. Ah, I tell you. This guy, he was drunk. Drunk, drunk. I mean, gone. Neither the vows, it was hard to get him to do the vows. Throughout the service, Makoti started crying. When about make up our shame. Just the black river going down. Get a ring, It's the day of the wedding, get a ring. It was worse, Hakiri, and now I pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> it was bad. They never lasted three months. Yeah, they never lasted three months. Had they listened to their pastor? You see, like in an 
natural home God gives you parents. In a church, your pastors are your parents. Now, Mamela, we owe it to you to live right, to live holy. We owe it to you. We owe it to you to be truthful, to be people of integrity. We owe it to you. But if that's done, and you know we're not trying to exploit you, it might help you to listen. I have met many people from our church, not many, but several. I, I can tell you the conversations I've had with them. I can tell you how they argued, some of them. I can tell you people who came, and I said, you, you are not ready to start a church. You are not ready. We want to anoint it to the one. No, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about that. It's not about that. I've been called into the ministry. I know a person who's called. You can't tell me. I know I've been called since 1979. I know. I know what I'm talking I've, I've been doing this 40 years next year. It's not a joke. 40 years. In any, in any area, if you have been in an, in, serving in something or teaching university or doing a certain subject for 40 years, they call you professor. People still don't. Don't think you have something of value to say, even if you've been there longer than they've been alive, some of them. The arrogance of people. And this verse says, submit. No, not submit in a way of being exploited, whatever. No, listen. Listen to the sermon. Listen when you are encouraged. Don't be a difficult person. There's a reason why we do what we do. There's a reason why we share what we share. Let me share it with you because from a personal, personal perspective. I decided even if I'm a pastor, I'm going to have people who are going to be my pastors. My pastors. Even if I'm a pastor, I decided I'm going to have people who are going to be my pastors. People I'm going to listen to. When I started as a, in the ministry as a young guy, the first thing I did was to surround myself with elderly people. We had both the late Jobo. And that uh, uh, we had my dad. We had several people. Several people. Even Muruti Pake came in then. Several other men. I said, because I remember the story in the Bible of a young leader who, when he came into leadership, kicked out all the old people, surrounded himself with his peers. Your peers don't know much. Your age group, about seven weeks. No, 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 about seven weeks. Thank you. Thank you for a hand clap. That's half hearted. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. At my age, at a 22 years old, to surround myself with other 22 year olds would be foolish. Because I was, I was even single at that time. I wasn't married. How do I know how to run a church? How do I know how to live? So I surrounded myself and I was accountable. When I would go somewhere, I would travel with my dad. And when he told me to do something, I'd do it. Even if I already had my own car, I was earning my own salary, my dad wanted me to go high at a certain time. When I started dating, my dad would always know Rilekai Kikutlaning. Always knew. Always knew. It was no, always knew. No, 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 I know. You are not sure. I'm just trying to show you. I'm just trying to show you. Mamela, I'm trying to show you. Don't look at me here and think it was luck. It was not luck. There are things I had to submit myself to. 
and obey and listen. You young people who think your parents are stupid. You think you'll go far in life? The Pizama 2000. Ah. You think why not? Because of the 2000, you can skip all the rules. You can create life in your own way. There's not much you know only 2000. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. You, you may know one or two things, but you don't know anything about life yet. This life is a long road. It's a long road. Yeah. Yeah. And I thank God that you are here in service tonight listening to the preaching so that it can help you to change your thinking attitude towards your parents. Now, come on, come on, come on. We are training here. We are training. We are training. When the Bible says obey your father and your mother, that it may be well with you and that you may live long. There's a blessing God gives when you learn to obey. Not only did I obey my mom and dad, I also surround myself with pastors, as you know, the late Mfuniso Horisamim Tembi, Pastor Ray McCauley, and uh, uh, Dr. Elijah Maswanganya. There has never been any major decision in my life that I've ever made without going to them for counseling first. Not one. Not one. Any major. I'm talking about major. When I, when I came to the point where I needed to be consecrated as a bishop, I went to them. I said, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm considering. What do you think? I went to them individually. And if you are wise, you don't, you don't call your elderly person to you. You go to them. Oh, oh come on, Bazanana. We're training here. We're training. We're training. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you secrets that will help you to move forward in life. I went to them. I called them. I went to them. I sat down and I, and I asked them. You see, so some of you, I can see it in your eyes when we give you a different answer. You are offended. Your eyes show us. Because you've already decided with your friends. How to one delay. Yeah. Pastor Ray, after I told him, all of them, all of them unanimously, differently. All of them, all of them, differently. Because we're individual. All of them said, Yeah, it's time, you must do that. Dr. Masomani said, What have you been waiting for? <laughs> and then I then I asked them, because Dr. Osam Temu. Pastor Mutembi had already passed, and I asked Pastor Ray, the Dr. Masongan, can you please be there? I'm not going to have this thing if you're not there. Now, if you're wise, you don't set the date and invite them to your date. I'm, I'm teaching you. If you have respect, you ask them, when are you available? Some of you, you are so arrogant. You go to somebody older than you, senior to you, you want them to dance around your schedule. Even when you get there, you are late. You, you are never late for someone senior to you. You wait for them. Oh, come on now. You wait for them. You wait for a senior. You must see what they do in government. You'll see. Even at provincial level, they wait for the MEC. They wait for the premier. The council waits for them. Some of you, 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 they wait for you. Your senior waits for you. That's how arrogant you are. You wait for your senior. You are there five minutes before your senior arrives. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
training in Nkarebo Chukune. Pastor Ray, he was actually doing the wedding here at Kabelo Mabelan, and they had gone kaikai, kohakal. And he said, I'll be at this wedding. I can't make it, Musa. And I said, even if I have to charter a flight for you, to fly you, I'll pay for it. He was kind enough to work things out, and both of them were here when I was dedicated. You see? And when they laid hands on me on the day, I, I, I received an impartation. Amen. An impartation doesn't come on your own terms. You see, spiritual things, that's why many people will not advance spiritually because they are stubborn. They, they want it their way. God's not going to bend to you. No. no. You, you can go on with your stubbornness, but God's not going to move. No. His anointing will not come on your life. Deliverance will not be there in your life. You'll never prosper financially. Things will not work in your life because you want to make your own rules. God's not going to dance to your rules. And God anoints leaders who stand here. Some of you as I've preached, even as I'm preaching now, some of you, even as I'm preaching now, some of you, you can hear God speak to you. You know, it's an area. You may be umkwate lamara. You know that. So your decision could either wakwata, utwamona and slam the door, one of the two is up to you. Or you become humble. Are you understanding me? And you say, God was speaking to me tonight. And I made the adjustment. I, I won't tell you who it was. Just uh, some of our young people got married some two, three years ago, two, two years ago. And one of the young person after they got married came to me and reminded me of a day I called them here in church after the service to talk to them. And she said to me, I don't know, she called me Papa, she know, oh, well, I'm Pizza Papa, so anyhow, I'm her dad because who is in our neighborhood. Papa, I don't know how you knew, but when you talked to me, I was into some serious stuff. And when you spoke to me, I listened. She said, I must be honest, I was a bit offended, but I listened. And she said, I want to thank you. And I see this young girl, she's going very far. So, so Mama Lambazalan, Listening to the voice of a spiritual leader. Now, here's where the problem is. Maybe sometimes the challenge we have is that people come from abusive backgrounds. Where those who were your seniors abused you. They used words that were not right. They, they said all kinds of things. They abused you. And I understand that. I sympathize with that. But please understand. It's not everybody who's an abuser. Or... You were in a home where, you know, there are homes that have no boundaries. Anything goes. And it becomes worse when you become educated or you, get, you have money. Everybody starts hero worshiping you in that house. So anything you say goes. So they, they don't ask. Then you come to church. Then we start asking questions. I've seen people when they serve in the Mitchell Fairs. And when I ask them, you can see in their eyes some of them, they were about they are shocked that somebody can ask them a question. They are shocked that somebody can correct them. But you see, this is like a spiritual home. Here, we are trained in things. We learn how to obey. We learn how to take instructions. 
We learn how to say I'm sorry. We learn about excellence. We learn how to be corrected. All of that is important in our training. You will never walk in a higher level of spirituality if you're a stubborn person. You are not going to. I'm telling you. If you don't know how to take instructions, if you don't know how to humble yourself, if you don't know how to listen, if you don't know how to be led, if, if you do that, you want to walk in a great anointing. You know, most people, they want a great anointing, but they're a stubborn, they're a stubborn kind. They want the power of God on their lives. They want to see God work to them miraculously. And they're the kind of, if God doesn't come through, they say, I'm, I've heard people say, I was angry with God. Girl, you think he cares? <laughs> you think he cares? You think God is going to come and lobby you? He was God before you were born. And he will be God after you are gone. You think he cares? Doesn't care. God is not going to change his word for you. No. You are not going to manipulate Mudim. Even if we live 2000, you are not going to manipulate God like you manipulate your parents. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. God remains God. And this is why you see there are people who don't go far spiritually. Church to them, it's like just ticking a box, coming to church, listening to a nice sermon, leaving. Their life doesn't change. They're spiritually, they don't grow. Even when we pray for them, sometimes they can't receive. Because there's something blocking them. Many times I've prayed for people, and when I left, God said, if this person doesn't change such and such, they're not going to receive. Because you're not going to get God's things on your terms. Mm-mm. It's not going to come on your terms. And I know sometimes it's hard when we say this, but we need to learn to listen. I, I remember 19, this is many years ago. Ah, what year was this? It was in the 80s, uh, 83, 82, no, 81. Yeah, 80, 81. So, yeah, 80, 81. I wanted to go to a service at Rayma in, in Randberg on Christmas Day, you know. <laughs> I wanted to go to a Christmas service. And in the 80s, there were serious problems Cody training. There was a lot of uh, 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 problems there of people being attacked and so on. Worse around December, even worse Christmas time. And the only way of me going to the service was I had to board a train. And my dad refused. My dad refused. Now, 1980, how old was I? 1980, 19 years old. It's like, legally speaking, and all that. Hey, I, I so wanted to go to the service. I disagreed with my dad. I said, now I'm going. And my dad, I'm telling my uncle who's still alive. And my uncle came and spoke to me. Hey, I was angry. But I said, all right, I won't go. Last year, <laughs> I'm with my uncle and I'm talking to him. And he looks at me and he says, Musa, God's using you so much. God has so anointed you. He says, every time I look at you, I remember that day when I spoke to you. And I advised you not to go. And you listened. 
He said, now this is 1980. last year, 2021. You see, that incident was a test. Some of you. You see, there's going to be an area where it's going to be a defining moment of your life. That moment is going to be a moment either it swings things one way, swings them the other way. And it all depends on your ability to listen and be obedient. Particularly to godly counsel and advice. And sometimes, it's not that you're in agreement with what you're being told. It's the ability to listen. And submit yourself. There are people who don't, you see, we live in such a time where people say, if it's not for my convenience, why must I do it? That's why many people spiritually, they are shallow. Because once you start walking with God, God's going to demand things of you. I'm telling you, God's going to demand, if you don't believe me, ask Jonah. God sent him to a place, told Jonah, go to Nineveh. But Jonah had issues. He had problems. He didn't want to go where God is sending him. He was opinionated. He had his own preference. Thank God, God finally got him to the right place. But he got into a lot of trouble. What happened? He got on a ship. And that ship started getting in trouble. So when you walk in disobedience, not only are you causing problems for you, you're causing for everybody around you. The ship started having problems. And the people there were wise enough to say, there's somebody more. Somebody who's disobedient. I don't know how they knew that. I don't know how they knew that. So in other words, if you connect with disobedient people, some of you, you know, I see people who say, no, Mara is my friend. They don't live for God. They don't embrace things. They say, Mara, but they're my friend. I can't disappoint my friend. And they join themselves to somebody who doesn't want anything to do with God, doesn't care anything about their family, doesn't, I'm not saying don't love them, but they become like this with them and yoke with them. Yeah. And the people on the boat were in trouble and they ended up casting lots and the lot fell on Jonah. <laughs> I got nothing personal. Overboard! <laughs> but God, to see the love of God, how even when we are disobedient, God still reaches towards us. Like God wants to reach towards you tonight. Yeah. And God reaches out to Jonah, and Jonah finally does what God told him. There are certain levels of spirituality that can never penetrate a hardened heart and a disobedient heart. That's why God gave us parents, pastors, spiritual fathers. That's why you need to learn to honor your leaders. And I know in churches sometimes people respect us as pastors, the males, and they, 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 they disrespect Mamuruti. Who is their mother? The spiritual mother. And they dishonor her. Outright dishonor. 
Older leaders can help us know if we are following God's will. Sometimes their advice is necessary. Older seasoned people at times, they see things that we don't see. Yeah. No, no, they may not have your education. They may not have your money. They may not have your lingo. They may not be young. They may, not, they may, they may be awkward and old-fashioned. But they know things you don't know. Number, number five. Where, where am I? This is, yeah, five. Number five is the voice of circumstances. Now, not always, but there are some times when God will shut the door in your face. He's trying to get you to come back to him. But I feel in the spirit tonight. There are people here tonight, you, you, as I speak, not to condemn anybody, but it's almost like God is showing you this, 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 and you realize where you have really gone wrong. Let me prophesy to you tonight. If you will receive the word of God, if you will receive, as James says, the engrafted word with meekness, it will save your soul. By saving your soul, is, it will change things in your life. That's why we must be meek. When we receive God's word, we must receive it with meekness. Even if, I say, what's that? I'm wrong. Don't be angry with the pastor. No. Just say, you know what, God? You are speaking to me. Because I feel tonight there are people here, your life, you've run into a brick wall. And you've not been able to figure out why you are not moving on. Some of you, you are desiring to walk in certain levels spiritually. You are not walking in it. And you've been wondering why. And as I've been speaking, it's like, the Holy Spirit. You know, I was telling somebody, you know, when you are in church, it's not just what the preacher is saying. It's also about what the Holy Spirit is saying in you about what the preacher is saying. Because as the preacher is speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's actually pulling things and showing you, wabonamo, 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 wabonamo. So as Udutimo, you're having a conversation with him. And he's showing you, mona, limole, limole, limole. So circumstances, if you find yourself in a vicious cycle all the time and nothing is working in your life, there are times when it's the devil. Mara, if it extends too long, the devil is not involved there. Probably God is the one. God will use circumstances, like in the case of Jonah. He used circumstances to try and get him on path. So even if you can fast and pray and bind, that's why certain things are not bindable. It's like cast out, cast out until you are blue in your face because it's not the devil, it's God who's standing there saying you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. God will use circumstances to stand in your way. And you know why he does that? Because he loves you. He knows that on the other side, you will fall into a ditch where you will never recover from it. Number six, the voice of faith. Watch. When God is leading you in a specific direction, it will require faith. 
So just note, when God starts pushing you beyond certain levels, then you know it's God. God will never give you an assignment that you can do in your own power. God will always stir you up like Moses that God spoke to to take the children of Israel out of Egypt. It stressed his faith. Joshua, who had to take the children of Israel and help them cross the Jordan River, he stretched his faith. What about Jesus? Jesus had to walk in faith. Think about it. I know you are not Jesus and I'm not Jesus, but just imagine you are Jesus. You are God. Right? And as God, you're going to trust human beings to carry you in the womb, to raise you in the house. They're going to crucify you and you're going to believe that they will believe on you and become born again. No guarantee. No guarantee. Jesus did all of that in faith. No guarantee that people would receive Christ. No guarantee that there would be churches. No guarantee. But Jesus walked the step of faith. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. No, Barcelona. God will, will make sure in this path, one of the traffic lights you come to, it'll green, and God pushes you to a different level. And you know, when it comes from God, it's going to demand faith. Ayah. If it's God's will, it's going to demand faith. You're going to have to take a step. God always pushes us into scenarios that are very, very challenging because he wants us to depend on him. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Now, our time is gone. I wanted to go to the next thing in training, how you train yourself now to take your own mental, your own anointing. There's an anointing and a mantle that has your name on it. There's a level of authority and power, gifting and ability that is specially reserved for you. It ain't. And so I'll talk about that tomorrow. I'll talk about that tomorrow. Because every one of you here, there's a specific reason why you came into this world and God wants you to train towards that so that you fulfill your assignment. Are you there, Bazalan? Are you there? There's a reason why you are who you are. There's a reason why. There's a reason why there's nobody who has the same fingerprints like you. Nobody has other things like you. I mean, today when they do this uh, little bit some, uh, these tests, somebody has some, uh, what do they call them? Huh? Where they take the iris and whatever. It's not, it's not, biometrics, yeah. They do these biometric tests where they check you and, 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 and there's nobody who has your same features. You are unique. Your, 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 your eye and the, the, the formation of it with the iris and everything is unique to you. Nobody has that. So if you use your eye, this electronic, 
For them to be able to access that place, they better take your eye. But there's nobody who has something like you. And so tomorrow, I want to show you. Not only do I want to show you that you have the mental, but I want to show you how to take it. How to, how to embrace it. How can it become part of you? How you can operate in it. I get it now. Mudimu today, wila arara ha ha. I get it and now we are ready to take up the mental can I hear a good amen now as we pray in the next few minutes this is what I want to call you to prayer for tonight one what is it in your life that you can say you know God spoke to me tonight about it I don't need to know it. Your neighbor doesn't need to know it. But where you are, in your secret place where you are, can you talk to God about it? You know what's the nice thing about God, Bazalan? This is what I found very fascinating about God. If you turn to Him, if you repent and turn, not only does He come to you, He runs towards you. Just like the father of the prodigal son. That's a picture of God. The Bible says, when the son came to his senses, we have to come to our senses. Note, this boy rehearses a long speech. He says, I will say to my father, Father, forgive me for nothing. I no longer qualify to be your son. Make me a servant. It's a long rehearsed speech. When he went home and when his father met him, his father didn't even give him a chance to go through the speech. Instead, his father, even without him going through the speech, he does for the son what the son felt he doesn't deserve anymore. He tells them, bring fatted calves. Slaughter them. Let's have a party. Bring a robe. Bring a ring. Make me. And the father says, no, you don't have to do it in your righteousness. I don't want your effort. That you have come to your senses is enough. My grace will still carry you in spite of your disobedience. I'm not going to put you at a level that you have worked for. I'm going to put you at a level that you didn't work for and it's because of my grace that you're at that level. I'm going to put a ring around your finger and I'm going to put a coat on you. I see the coat of the anointing coming upon you and the ring of authority coming upon you because you turned and came to your senses tonight. Instead of you having to deserve something God says, I'm going to give you far more because all I wanted is for you to wake up. Just come to your senses. And tonight, it's a night where we come to our senses. What area, Bazalwan, or what areas do you want to talk to God about? Shall we all stand on our feet? And in this moment, in your own privacy, as the musicians just play something on the keyboard for us, would you talk to God about your life? 
That area, you realize tonight, you're running into a brick wall. And I'm sure God drew a connecting line to say, you see this brick wall? It's because of this behavior. You see this issue here? It's because of this. And God just reminds you. Listen. You don't need to have to go back and dig up things that are not there. You don't need to feel bad about things you haven't done. In fact, all you need to do is to ask him to forgive you. Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know that word cleanse is such a powerful word. Back then they used to write on parchments specific type of material that they wrote on with a certain type of ink. And as, ha- as happens when you write with your hand, sometimes you make a mistake. You know, if you're using a computer, you just press delete. But when you're using pen, once you've written something wrongly, spelled it wrong, you have to erase it. And oftentimes the job of erasing is such that once you've erased, you can always see that something was written here, it has just been erased. But then they used to have a certain type of eraser then that if they used that eraser on what was written, it was so effective that after they've erased what was there, there was no trace that anything was written. That's the word used. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. In other words, after you've prayed, there'll be no trace of the wrong that you have done in the past. No trace. And for that reason... Because there'll be no trace. And God will have cleansed you. You can receive what rightfully belongs to you from your father. The robe of the anointing. The ring of authority. And you can walk out of here as a trained soldier of the cross. Fully ready to operate as God would have them operate. Let's pray all over the house. Just pray right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And after you've prayed, all you need to say is, Father, I thank you for forgiving me. And I receive your forgiveness now. I'm sure it doesn't have to be many things. It can't be that long. Join with me, everybody. Say, Heavenly Father. Say it, everybody. Heavenly Father. I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for forgiving me and for for cleansing me from all unrighteousness in Jesus name you are a loving God 
You are a loving father. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Raise your hands to the Lord. He's worthy of all the praise. Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. Your word says the Lord chastens those that he loves. And he deals with us as sons. And because we are your children, we thank you that the candle is still burning bright among us. And the light of your revelation is still there. We thank you for your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy. We thank you that you give us a chance again and again and again and again. Thank you that you can still speak among us. And thank you that you grant us hearts that are receptive to your voice. And that you don't get to a point where you say, these people's hearts are far from me. What's the use of talking to them again? We love you. We honor you. We bless you. It's all about you. All about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Why don't you give the Lord a big hand of praise?